All right. Next, I'm here with Dr. Sarah Tabrizi, professor of neurology at the University College of London and a world-renowned expert on Huntington's disease, who's actually going to be giving a talk on it later today at the conference. You know, Huntington's disease is seeing just unbelievable things happening in it uh, for the first time, possibly in disease-modifying therapies, and it's extraordinarily exciting for the field. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what's going on? Thank you. I, I do. I think it's an exciting time for Huntington's disease. I'm going to be talking today on current and future therapies, and I'm going to be giving an overview of many different molecular approaches that are in development for targeting the mutant Huntington protein. And we have therapies in development that are targeting DNA, Huntington mRNA, and we already have the first successful phase one safety study with an antisense oligonucleotide targeting Huntington where we were able to show target engagement with lowering of the toxic disease-causing mutant Huntington protein. That program has gone forward now and is part now in a large phase three study of 660 subjects worldwide to see if regular delivery of the antisense molecule slows disease progression. There are many other exciting therapies also in development. There's now about to be starting gene therapy trials, uh, which uh, direct injections into the striatum, which complement the ongoing antisense programs. So I think for Huntington's disease, which is a genetic disorder, we know the cause, and we understand a lot about the natural history. I think it's an exciting time for therapies. There's a lot of work still to be done, but I think we're at really entering the era of testing what could be potentially several different disease-modifying agents, targeting the cause of the disease itself, targeting the Huntington DNA and the Huntington mRNA, targeting the DNA and the message that makes the toxic protein. So targeting very proximately, which I think gives us our best chance of success in, in this disease. Great. Well, we certainly know from general neurology the experience with spinomuscular atrophy and all of the success that they've had with antisense oligonucleotides there. So that, you know, leaves us with a lot of optimism, I'm sure, about Huntington's disease and its possible effect there. It certainly opens up a lot of questions. Should it be disease modifying in terms of when to initiate therapy in these patients, you know, it, at least in the United States, we don't even typically test non-symptomatic children under the age of 18 and whether all of those guidelines will change. Has that been discussed in some of the groups you're involved with? It's a very good question. I think we're too early in the process to know how it will impact on genetic testing. In Europe, as well in the, as in the U.S., you can't have predictive genetic testing to find if you carry the gene when you're pre-symptomatic until you're at least 18 years of age. I'd, I think the current trials won't change that at this stage, but I think as we move forward and possibly we have in the future, if we have a disease-modifying therapy, then we want to be able to give it as early as possible because there are people who are 18 and above who are decades from expected uh, disease onset, and that would be 
the optimal time to treat because they have no symptoms at all and that we may be able to prevent the disease ever occurring. But I think because we're, we're at the beginning of many different studies that are testing safety and efficacy of various uh, modalities, I think we are, it's too early to say how it will change genetic testing. I think in the future you could speculate that if we one day get an effective disease-modifying therapy for Huntington's disease, it might be that genetic testing is done in the same way that screening is done for diseases like breast cancer or prostate cancer or cervical cancer, where they do screening in order to offer a therapy. And it might be that our genetic testing in the future changes because when they come for genetic testing, there's the possibility of a therapy. And I think that's an interesting question and, and I think an important question moving forward. Great. Is there anything else in the world of Huntington's disease that you want to share with us today? I think it's an exciting time. I think we're testing lots of different therapies. I, uh, I think we have to see how they progress. We're learning much more about the natural history. We're working closely with the Critical Path Regulatory Science Consortium to develop the regulatory science framework to do the best trials we can with the best biomarkers. And also we're developing the regulatory science framework for us to be able to do trials in pre-manifest individuals, people who carry the gene but who are completely well. And I think that's a really critical uh, time because I think that gives us the opportunity to prevent the disease. And that's really where I think a major push forward is going to happen. Absolutely. I get that question from a lot of my own patients, whether their children should be tested, their adult children should be tested prior to any symptoms and whether there are trials out there for those patients. And it sounds like that could potentially be on the docket, which is fabulous. Thank you so much for your time today and good luck with your talk.